Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. It's a it's a Wednesday. How are you doing, Rob? I'm I'm making it. Um, you know how it it it's just going a hundred miles an hour as usual. But uh, <laughs> you look, yeah, you look as tired as I did last week. <laughs> yeah. just, just a lot of a lot of stuff going on coming in at all sorts of directions. So yeah, it it's an interesting time and and. And we got some feedback from prior episodes from oh, people that are listening. Yes, we you know, have. I, yes, yes. So, yes, we yeah. have. I don't know if we want to get into that beginning or not. No, I mean, I mean, it, it's all right. I, I know that we saw Apple um, do a, a big update to iPhone or iOS might be a better way of saying it, yep. to iOS 14. So, and there's some changes that came down from that. Um. You know, I, I did, how, I did the update and I haven't even looked. Yeah. I haven't really <laughs> spent a lot of time digging into it, um, too much, but, uh, sounds like there was some UI update ways to view content a little bit differently in your phone. So, yeah. you know, I, I do find that it can be a little confusing to use Apple's podcast app though. It, but it, it, it's gotten very, it, you know, there, there's a lot going on inside of it. So, the more functions and features that you add to the app, the, you know, there is a level of kind of like, um, learning you have to go through, right. Figure it out. Right. So it's not always hundred percent intuitive. So, yeah. So yeah. So you haven't played around with. It. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't. Um, but you know, it's all cool ideas and that's all, that's all good. I know that, uh, James Gridlin did a post about it here just uh today i guess so and and showed some screenshots which is good which is helpful but uh what's going on in your world Todd? anything anything oh. groundbreaking right now yeah absolutely yeah. um big groundbreaker as of yesterday Ta-da. Ah. yeah we re- wow. re- we relaunched the blueberry website and uh great put that new version online and that's terrific. Well, we're going through the same thing with the lips too, right now. We've got a whole new lips and five, you know, that's going to be pushed out there. There's, you know, we're in kind of like a beta review too right now. So some people are able to get in and um, give us feedback on it, see how it works. And so it's going to be a big, big refresh it as we both try in our platforms, we try and improve them and make them, you know, more yeah. modern stuff. So yeah, I've good. I've been he- heavy into UI UX stuff. So we're still progressing, right. and we turned a bunch right. of stuff over to the devs. And this is just basically the the external view, you know. Right. And uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah. We, and and, and really, what we're what we did for any of you that really kind of want to understand the process of what happens when a company completely redoes a rebrand. I, as and part of our issue was is that way we were infrastructured up until last year, the homepage blueberry.com was running on our own platform, was running on our own I called it the generator. Well, we divested of that. It's still what our podcasters see when they go in the dashboard, they still see the the engine and the just like you guys, you know, you have the right. but we made the the website WordPress. Um, and then when you link in, you're on in the engine. 
and the first go round of the uh, redesign of the website and the product pages and stuff like that really was, I guess for a better word, rushed and there wasn't a lot of control. I couldn't control making changes to the website without going to the devs. And um, we brought on a company to basically create us, a, I guess for a better word, a building block system where I think I've got 25. If you look at this page that I'm mm -hmm. showing, you know, in this page here, there's, there's like two blocks. This is a third block. The, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, this is a fourth block. There's a fifth block. You know, so this page is probably made up of eight, nine blocks. And mm -hmm. we came up with all the scenarios of how we wanted the jigsaw to look. Right. And spent a pile of money <laughs> <laughs> so that I can go in and, and anyone on my team now, which also is a little bit dangerous, anyone on my team can edit. And we can make changes or add blocks or be able to, oh. let's do an A-B test now. So I've got all this stuff set up so that it will, for better words, I, I, don't, have no, I don't have now to go, that's not a word, I do not have to go back to the dev team and say, I need this added. I just tell, you know, we go through a little small review and then we can, we can make changes. So oh, that's good. Yeah. So all of our, we have this website called create all that stuff is moving underneath blueberry.com. And so, you know, from a public spacing standpoint, now we're going to be very, very quickly adding two or three new pages to this site. They, some of this page is still linked to the old site, you know, as, mm -hmm. as an example, you know, it, 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 the experience changes a little bit, but Let's say I do podcast hosting and I scroll down here and someone wants, oh, this is kind of cool. Watch this little pop-up hosting estimator. Um, oh. But yeah. then like this page here goes to an old page and it doesn't have the new design yet. So, mm -hmm. but you can kind of see it does look a little different. You know, you've changed from one, one design to the other. It's not completely like, ugh, you know, you've made this, this big move, but, um, we, um, we basically took the, now we're just rebuilding every page and doing the SEO and all that stuff. So, so that we can compete against you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cause our SEO on our site is had some issues. So we'll see if we fix that with this. Ask me in 45 days of the money I spent was worth it. Oh, well. Well, I mean, that, that's part of making all of our platforms better going through these process. So, But for now, the back end, the guts, you know, the podcaster yeah. dashboard of it still looks the same. But, you know, we've had, you know, yeah, we again, we've spent a bunch of money on a UIX designer. And when it comes out, it's going to be freaking fabulous. But, you know, it's. We're not on version three. We're on, we're not on version five. We're on version two right now. So our next one will be version three. Hard to believe we've, well, that's part of the problem too, is we've only had two dashboards since our existence. And, you know, we just got to look a little more modern, make it easier. Yeah, no, that's exactly. Yep. I agree. So I don't even want to talk about, you know, the money, the, you know, the, it, what it is had to be spent because we had to, 
get this going. We had to get an update so that we looked like we were the cool kids on the block again. <laughs> <laughs> but my team yeah. did a great job, and um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, it, you know, and, and we've got a new app coming too, so it's, uh-huh. it's yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, as we as we all evolve our platform, you know, we're seeing the market really start to elevate, right? And and talking about what what the next big thing is, I, I think is is a good conversation to have. I'm not I'm not really sure. I mean, I think there's been a lot of kind of small changes and you know there's been a lot of consolidation in the in the medium over the last couple of years but what is that big evolutionary shift that's going to happen in the medium um that's going to propel keep propelling this medium forward and you know i think it's always a big question or or is it just going to be small little update well i i look at my crystal ball and based upon stuff that i'm talking to my team with Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking at what I have in my offering package. And if you start looking across the ecosphere of, um, what everyone else is doing, um, well, I have a couple of things I need, I, I want to add. And, um, and we're also thinking about, well, I can't talk about it, but we're thinking about, you know, some new initiatives. And, uh, you know, ultimately it's about driving revenue. Innovation is, is hard, you know, at this point because podcasts are podcasts and they're being consumed. So, you know, where do you innovate in, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like you guys, I didn't want to deal with the social promotion piece anymore. So, you know, we integrated with headliner like you guys did so that, you know, I don't have to worry about that piece of what they do. They do it well. So we just linked up with them and just as you guys did and, yeah. And provided the tool for the customer to easily use it. And yeah, I've got some big things coming out in PowerPress 8.4 and, you know, integration stuff there where we're trying to consolidate. We're, you know, we're consolidating our own tool. Mm -hmm. So, but the app stuff, Rob, my God, that's just like, you know, throw another $50,000 at it. You know, app yeah. development is not, huh, you know, I'm like, what is the, what's the bill for phase four? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. We're just adding those two right. features. You know, what, yeah. what? Well, well, and it's not on the listening. So that we're, we're not getting involved in the listening side. No, we just want to build the very best publisher tools that we can. Right. That, that <laughs> enable folks to to do what they want to do with their shows, you know, but that, still it's kind of, yeah. Right. I mean, no, and, it is a lot of, and then you, and then you kind of think about it from a, okay. You know, you, you almost take the dice in your hands. Matter of fact, I've got dice right here from Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you, you shake the dice and you think what the ROI is going to be on something. You throw that down there. And you hope that, you know, the budget you've allocated for it, you know, whatever that pile of thousand dollar bills is returns enough value to, you know, to to pay for it and not necessarily like 
three months, but within the next, you know, 12 to 18 months, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, and sometimes, I mean, when you come up with an idea or whatever, it's based on feedback from your user base and maybe it's not a huge hit or ROI. I mean, right. it's all the incremental stuff, right? But it's stuff it, it you have to have over time. Right. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I, I don't know, Todd, if you've seen this or not, but I signed up for a Kickstarter project that was, um, that was working on some, you know, some new hardware. And I thought it was, I wanted to mention it too. It's called, um, it's called hook blob <laughs> H O O K E lob. Have you heard of this? this? Uh, already, already, uh, did it. Oh, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did too. Yeah, I signed up for it too. I got yeah. two. You got two of them? Yeah, oh, I, bought, I, I, did, I did. Yeah, I, I got two. You know, it's another thing that's going to go in my drawer that probably won't get used very much. But well, I don't know. I thought that I might try and use it with some of the videos that I do. Oh, you know, yeah, maybe here and not not use this as much. I yeah. mean, I I have a lot of mic here, um, but it sounds like this one has the ability to actually record directly into it, right? And then also um, has some noise canceling technology inside of it too. Yep. So let me see. If I, I think that's kind it. of the next big thing that's coming is a more and more mic going to have noise cancellation. My only fear with that is that it some it somehow doesn't make the audio as good. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, as you remove stuff from audio, there's a danger, right? That it takes out too much. Yeah. So here it is. Hook love. And, uh, yeah, it says you're a backer. You pledged $216. Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> yep. So, um, 28 days to go, they've raised their money, but it's, uh, yep. again, you know, I've got a professional labs too, but sometimes it's just, here's what's driving this actual, what it, what app is driving the sale? Uh, I, I would imagine like uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, um, the, the Instagram Live, TikTok, TikTok, all that. TikTok is right. the, is the major driver of supporters right. on this so far. Right. Yeah. Because it's so it's so convenient. It's one of those things that's really been been missing. My only concern is is that any Bluetooth connection is just not very oh, reliable. Yeah, it can yeah. be very much disrupted. Um, and I think that's why they had a, the option, well, I don't know if the option, I think it comes with it as a, like a little base unit mm -hmm. that you, that the, the microphone and the base unit connect to like, let's say, uh, you know, a mixer or your mobile phone or something like that. It doesn't use blue. Well, it doesn't use Bluetooth from the microphone into the mobile device. It actually goes through a separate device, um, that then gets funneled up. But I guess it has more to do with the being able to plug it in or something like that, or mm -hmm. if you don't have Bluetooth five, um, which I guess is the latest version. I mean, a lot of, a lot of devices support the latest version of Bluetooth and that's where people run into problems with these things. Hey, Joseph. Hey, David, welcome to the live stream. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitch or Twitter or wherever you may be watching, please say hello. We definitely appreciate it. So Rob, you know, another thing that's being drove by, Believe it or not, um, the um, try to I want to show you something here. Um, the another thing that's being drove by the TikTok crew is whoops. Let me see if I can get find it here. 
Oh, yeah. This is what's also selling. Selfie rings are right. huge right now with that TikTok group. Yeah. So, because they're, you know, that's, they're using their cell phones and they're making those little videos and stuff. The selfie rings are, those, you know, those manufacturers have made out like bandits, you yeah. know, over the past, yeah. just because well, of TikTok. Small ones that you can get. And then there's really big ones. You know, yep. I've seen them as big as like 20 inches in right. diameter or something yeah. like that. Where, but a lot of them are more personal rings, yeah. like maybe eight inches, 10 inches, that kind of thing. So, uh, the Chinese that make these things, <laughs> and this one right here, thirty six ninety nine, you know, and mm -hmm. they've got four different, uh, or three different colors for it, which, you know, is there. I'm right. just kind of surprised. It even comes with a, with a, a, a tripod. So, yeah, I, I just, it, it is pretty amazing what, uh, what certain technologies drive. And if you look at the podcasting space, and everything that's going on with, you know, what we do in podcasting, the, what do we drive? We drive roadcaster sales, we drive mm -hmm. microphone sales. And so, you know, those are folks that are benefiting significantly. But with that, with that hook lob, uh, I could see, that's why I bought two is maybe I was thinking about it is if we get back into trade show type events. If I want to do a quick interview with someone, I clip one on one person and clip one on the other, and it's good enough. You're good to go. Right. Yeah, it's good enough. That's the key. Yeah, and there's no no wires, and if there's um, noise cancellation capability in there, you, you can probably record in noisy environments. But Rob, I've got a pile of Kickstarter stuff I've supported over the years that I've never used. You know, it's yeah. it's it's these little. You know, and it, it two hundred bucks. Well, it's two hundred bucks. So I didn't um, spend two hundred. I only spent a hundred. Yeah, because you so, bought one. Yeah, yeah. But so we'll see. Because I'm afraid what's going to happen is I get it. It's, it works great. And I'm going to crap. I want another one, and I'm going to play hell to get a second one. So, but anyway, hook lav. If any of you are interested in it, again, it's a it's a it's a wireless Bluetooth lav with onboard recording, and uh, it's due to be delivered next April sometime. Yeah, I think they said uh, March between March and April is when yeah. they're targeting it, right? And but, um, but but I think they've their target was ten thousand dollars is all they were looking for, and I think yeah. they're pushing seventy thousand. No, so. one fifty two. Oh, one hundred fifty two is up. One hundred fifty two thousand, wow. yeah. Huh. So, yeah. Uh, and again, when they yeah. say professional, well, you know, I always we'll see we'll see how good it is because we you and I both know how lobs how lobs work. They're not always perfect. Well, the problem with the lobs is that they're, they're quite a ways away from your, your mouth. And that's, yeah. that's all the problem. I mean, that, that's the problem that I have with my lob that I've got. Probably can't, but, um, it's, it's like on my collar. I know a lot of TV broadcasters use these things. And if you watch cable news or whatever, you know, even people are using them more and more in their home studios. Yeah. But but it is true that the audio is isn't as good as doing like what we're doing here with this, you know pro pro mic right. Hey, hello, Eileen, Ryan, Christopher, Rick, Rick. I um I'm not on the same computer as the chat, so just go to just uh, Google H O O K E L A V two words. You'll find you'll find it. I'm sure. 
It's got an inter- such an interesting name. But yeah, so, you know, we're, we started talking about podcasting, what's next. You know, we're talking about, you know, what other stuff on the communication spread is, you know, what's, what's out there. I don't know, Rob, as far as podcasting goes, we, you know, I'm on Adam Curry's Mastodon server and participating and chatting with that group. And, uh, you know, don't go in there unless you're, you have a little bit of technical semblance because it's, it's kind of deep. They're talking mm-hmm. APIs and all kinds of other stuff. Um, so yeah, I saw it, I saw it in pod news that, uh, Mr. Curry's, um, no agenda show isn't on Spotify anymore for some reason. So I haven't listened to the latest no agenda. Did Adam have it taken down or did Spotify remove it? Uh, I don't know that anybody knows the answer to that question, but I, it appears that it's been, it's not there. So either, either Adam requested that it get taken down or maybe they got taken down for content reasons. I know Joe, Joe Rogan's been under a lot of, uh, yes, controversy, hmm. but I think, but I think generally everybody kind of expected that was going to be the case though. Yeah. Here's the. Here's the search result that comes up. Couldn't find that podcast on Spotify. So I'm sure we're going to hear about it from Adam on his show. So I guess I'm going to have to tune in and get caught up. But because the search result is still there. So that in itself is, uh, is telling. Oh, there's a. Why was no agenda issue? So there's, there is a Reddit already going on about this. Let me see if I can. Has someone started a Reddit yesterday on, on this particular topic? And of course, Reddit's loading slow. Um, so, um, Curry had already said he was moving his podcast off Spotify to more open. Nothing to do with Spotify. He moved to a more open platform. So he's basically trying to get his show where it's open and not in these locked-in verticals. So he's putting his money where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to have Adam on International Podcast Day for an hour. Uh, we, oh, you are on Great. September 30th. Matter of fact, what day is September 30th? That's next Wednesday. So I, I got to look at our when we're when we're live because I think we're in the evening. So Rob, I, I'll just again I'll cross check our make sure we're still going to be able to do a show that day because we got three things going on with with International Podcast Day next September 30th. So okay, I mean it'd be cool if if and we could do a special episode. So, yeah, they've already yeah. booked. So, um, I no, had, no, but I mean, to, to do oh, yeah, 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 I yeah, mean, yeah, not, yeah, not do it. Yeah, so part of it, right? I'll have to look at the again, go back, look at the schedule, and see if we can squeeze it in on that but day. We are going to do a special episode of the new media show at the podcast movement. Do we have virtual a virtual event? Do we have a date for that yet? Because, yeah, I believe it's the 21st of October at the. Time was it at? I think it was in the. I think it was like six or seven o'clock. Yeah, I'll have to. Okay. 
because I'm doing my, I'm doing a presentation on Tuesday, the 20th. And then if we're doing one on the 21st, then that works out well. Right. And then I'm doing another session just as a panelist there. Yeah. So have you signed up for our tech check then for the, did they send you an email on doing a tech check? No, not yet. Okay. Because I did my tech check for my personal, you know, for the solo presentation I'm giving. Uh, Yeah, I'm not doing a solo. Yeah, if you're part of a panel, though, you'll get sucked into a tech check day. Okay. They want to make sure that what what people see. Yeah, make sure everything's working right. So what will be different about what we're doing with Podcast Movement uh, Virtual is that We'll be doing a, a, a more like a regular show, but it, it'll just be part of their calendar of an event. You know, it, it's trying to figure out how we can do live events at these events for this show. Like we've been on stage at these events, but you know, it's this whole hybrid model that we're trying to do with doing it live at the event, but doing it like we always do. But I don't know, Todd, if, if we want to use a different platform because of this, because we might want to bring in you know, some additional guests. Well, I think they want us to use Zoom for that event. Oh, they do? I okay. think so. If, if we want to be rebroadcast on their system. So, you know, I okay. was using um, Zoom with the person solo mm-hmm. on that screen works. But if I have, I have to think about this for a second on how we're going to do that because I end up being way it's configured here. I end up being like picture and picture and picture and picture. So I got to think about how to do zoom. It's just the way zoom is set up because normally I would show up in the zoom box back there. Mm-hmm. Like you are now we would be Hollywood squares. And right. with, so I'll just have to think about how to make that work without but I think we're going to be calling into their Zoom call, so maybe it doesn't matter. I thought that uh, I thought that what Dan wanted was us to provide him with oh, like an embed link or something like that to to be able to plug it into their system. Yeah, so get, much use theirs. Well, their, get their that system. information to me as soon as I can, so I can start yeah. brooding yeah. on that a little bit. Yeah. There's the tech here. I just got to figure out how to do it. And then if we're going to bring some guests in, you know, maybe we'll just, I don't know. We'll have to think about it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to multicast, which is fine. We can record it and then put it up later. But we want to drive people to, to, to that event page anyway. Right. That's true. So have you thought about our, any guests? No, I haven't yet. So that's something that I need to to think about. Yeah. So hey, did you see the article that was written by Stephen Goldstein um, about how to know when to pull the plug on your podcast? Oh, no, I didn't. You didn't see this one? Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's, I think, I mean, his points are good. Um, you know, I, I think he runs through six signs at time to change or cancel your podcast. The, the number one was, we'll just wing it. 
with no real plan. No, that's <laughs> been us from the beginning. <laughs> so is it time for us to just pod fade, Todd, and we're, we're just <laughs> done because we, we just wing it? <laughs> well, I have been contemplating your question. You asked me uh, a week ago, should we go to uh, once a week? <laughs> go back. I've been contemplating that. You, you, you set up something in my brain a, a little bit. Uh, a little bit loose and you know to be honest with you if we do go back to once a week i might try to have you say let's just do this on wednesday instead of saturday that way we get my we get our saturdays back oh uh, okay maybe you know i don't know that's, but just a thought that's a, that's a possibility <laughs> and it's also maybe easier to get guests if we do it on wednesday versus saturday because saturday yeah, saturdays can be hard to get hard people, to get people right? on yeah right that's true. So, that has proven to be the case. Um, but and part of the reason why I was thinking about that was because I'm I'm thinking about maybe starting a new podcast myself. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow one one of you one of your own. Mm-hmm. Are you a glutton for punishment? Mm, well, I mean, if you think about it, I've I've usually over the last four or five years, I've usually done two podcasts. Well, usually you're not involved in the feed at all. Mm, I I guessed on the feed sometimes. I okay, I think I've been on that show four four or five times, maybe. Oh, so but that's about it. So it's it's mainly Elsie and 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 Rubble. Yeah. So which is fine, but yeah, I kind of wanted to maybe do something different and that that more more aligns with what I'm what my interests are. So. Oh, okay. One so. thing that I did hear is Elsie got fiber. Yeah, she did. And yeah, she's been suffering news. on r- rural broadband for yep. years. And she, she found some company that could bring her in fiber to her, I think it's mountain location. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's, I think she's going to be doing a lot more video and a lot more stuff because so yeah, that's so, what's been really holding her back. So she's been able to be freed, yeah. freed from the constraints, the bandwidth limitations she's been living under for a long time. It's just like me. Yeah. I, if I, as soon as I leave the studio here and drive 13 miles, I'm in, I'm in bandwidth hell. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I can barely, I can stream one thing, but if my phone rings and it's a FaceTime, I have to stop the stream on my TV to do FaceTime. There's not, it can't handle two. Right. So. And, and Todd, to kind of go back to the article about. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, so his thought was if you have, have no real plan for your show, I wouldn't say that that's, I think we do have a pretty solid idea of what we're trying to do, but it's not like we come in with a big, big agenda. No, no, no. Um, that that has happened though at some of the live events that we do. so like if we do a live event at podcast movement we we definitely will walk in with agenda with that. Um, but um, the other point that he makes is is that uh, listeners are rightfully narcissists. Kind of a kind of a not so positive thing wow. to say. Um, with their time, but have a keen sense of evaluating a show's quality, and everyone gauges. And even um, subliminally um, judges a show on its level of quality, right? Mm-hmm. So 
but my comment on that is, is quality is very subjective. Uh, quality is, I'm, you know, a lot of times when a person uses the term quality in podcasting, um, it's, it feels like too much of a bucket term. I tend to think of it more as audio quality, uh, from the standpoint of, you know, the, the acoustic side of, or the, right. the, the audio quality. I don't always equate some level of distinction of quality around the, the, the judgment of what content quality is. I think it's all over the map that it's based on what the listener's interest. But do you think his definition of that is, is production and, you know, if someone's having a team or. I don't know. I mean, he's not really um, clear on that. Um, I think he's pretty, uh, I think he has the basis quality based on a level of interest, uh, or it's comedy or it's entertainment value, right. With the audience, I think is where he's coming from. So right. it's, it's more of a content quality question huh. is what he's, but what, what, what he's saying, but as you and I both know, <laughs> we've been around podcasts a long time and there's all sorts of different levels of what I perceive to be quality and content podcast. Yeah. Not like, you know, like everything has to sound like national public radio or something like that for it to be judged as quality, even though many do judge content that comes out of national public radio as quality. Right. Well, you look at so, this show and where we do a rambling, rambling, ongoing conversation that takes all kinds of twists and turns. And so from that standpoint, we have really no type of, laid out agenda so people really don't have any idea what they're going to get today when i wrote the title for youtube i just put in here podcasting news and events I had no clue what we were going to talk about so yeah and then uh, number three is uh, uh creative bankrupt is what he says or story fatigue so you basically um basically run out of telling storylines <laughs> to tell in your podcast but that's where it gets back to your concept brand show is right yep. are you picking a, a genre that you can keep alive that's right? based on your skills your knowledge yep. your background your connection um, I, i've always tell people make sure you can have two years right. you can do a show for two years and you know yeah if you can't I mean, maybe it's the wrong topic yeah, I mean, I think everybody that jumps into a podcast needs to have a wealth of knowledge about that particular genre or have deep connections um, that can be tapped into. I, I think it also just have just a massive level of curiosity um, mm-hmm. about that topic, right? That is willing to dive in and learn from others and do research and, and really take an active interest. I know that's what propelled me with my radio show. I just had a fundamental passion for what was happening to the internet and the web. I was all over it all day long. Right. So, and, and that's what drove the, the content. And then over time I got, I, I kind of considered myself to be an expert on what was happening just because I had so many guests on that shared stuff insight. Mm-hmm. And over time your, your show gets better and better and better and better because of, you know, your involvement with others. Uh, and then, uh, number four he has here is um, freshness dating. It says, take uh, tastes and 
times change, people change. Some shows or topics can't or won't change. So, yeah. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting thing too, because some shows, um, they become over time. If you haven't, um, really thought about them and, and have a hard time evolving. That was one of the reasons why I dropped doing the web talk radio show that I did was because, uh, it turned into something like doing a podcast or a radio show on the telephone, right? It, it, it was so ubiquitous and so accepted and everybody just, it, it was like a part of normal life that there was nothing unique about it anymore. So that's why I kind of moved on from it and got right. involved in media. So, oh. yeah. well, be interested to see what your new show is and if you can maintain these uh, non-pod fade characteristics. What's what's the next thing on his list? Uh, number five is no marketing. <laughs> the the common pain point for most podcasts is awareness trial. Right, I agree with that. And many shows, even excellent ones, never find an audience. And it's getting harder to launch and sustain a show without marketing cross promotion and social engagement, even a high pro, even a high profile. And, um, and Steve has worked on shows like, um, the, what was it? The, um, the Trader Joe's podcast mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think he's, he, you know, that's kind of a branded podcast, but I think he, if you look at that show, I think he had a lot of that stuff. So it, it totally makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, uh, high profile launches like with the uh, Michelle Obama on, on Spotify, which I don't know if, if that Michelle Obama show is available off, off of Spotify. I'm not sure if it is or not, or is it only available on Spotify, but because if it is only available on Spotify, is it a podcast well, that's a question, right? Um, soft time spent listening. Um, so podcast metrics are notoriously limited for content creators. Mm. Uh, so, so it's worth doing your, your best inspector gadget, gadget impression and, and, and look for clues as to why your show has stagnated. So, you know, it's, it, it's looking at the metric, trying to determine what's going on with your show. Um, there's, there's data that's available in the Apple podcasts, um, area that you log into, you but, can see, but stagnated goes beyond stats. Right. You know, these, you know, I do this, I did one the other day. I did a consulting call with a podcaster that felt like their show had stagnated. Right. And the first thing I asked them is, what are you doing? What are you doing to promote the show? Going back to that marketing message, right? Mm-hmm. And right. they literally were just doing one thing. And I'm just like, uh, that's not going to cut it. You know, I went through my, I got this like, 13 bullet points. And I'm like, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And they're like, that's a lot of work. I'm like, yep. Yeah, they are. It's like starting any business. Really? I mean, you have to have marketing and you have to have promotion and you have to have, you know, outreach. You don't have to spend money. You can, but you can. Right. Yeah. And I, I would say a lot of podcasters feel like, you know, spending money on ads is, you know, cross promotional ads. I, 
I believe as you look to the future, I think there's going to be more of the listing platforms that are going to have, you know, paid advertising programs to promote, you know, podcast. Cross promotion is the biggest ignored thing. Rick says, when you run out of quality gas or content, just switch to alcohol. (laughs) And that's what Rick did. That's a Rick strategy. Yeah. 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 Eileen says, I missed the Spreaker live show. Well, when Rob left, the Spreaker live show went away. Yep. True. Mike says, I removed my shows from Spotify. So there is a movement. Yeah. I wonder why, why that's happening. Do you think? (laughs) You're not going to say. I think it's pretty obvious. Right. Yeah, you choose, that's the beauty of this. Again, you choose where your content goes. You don't like platform or for whatever reason, you can say no. No, you can't have my content. Right. Please take it off. So I wonder how long Joe Rogan is going to last on on Spotify. I give it three months. (laughs) I give it three months. Yeah. I think it's an interesting question. Yeah. I, I, I he's think, having all sorts of problems. I think he better keep his Libsyn account alive. I think three months is about what he's going to, you know, because now, okay, you, you open a can of worms. So Joe is now beholden. Joe is now has to. He's he, a little compromised. He's right? going to have, yeah, he has, well. He may not say he's lost editorial control, but he's not going to be as freewheeling and wanting to say everything that he has been saying because his keepers, I say, Joe, well, he's not a podcast any, anymore. Well, that's true. He's not a pod. That's another thing, right? He isn't a podcast. So, anymore. so he doesn't own his RSS feed. Damn. Isn't that a kicker? That's right. He's not a podcast. It's the Joe Rogan experience on Spotify. Right. Joe Budden's last day was yesterday. I don't even know if, if he's, uh, even has a RSS feed. Well, I think he still does until December 1st or something, right? Right, 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 right. But that's supposedly going to go away. So, but yeah, it's, you know, Joe Budden, I'm curious to see what he's going to do next because his last day at Spotify was, was yesterday, so. Yeah. And they weren't doing backflips, but it looked like they're pretty happy to be off first thing i think those guys are going to do is take a vacation <laughs> yeah yeah because he wasn't able to before right right he didn't contract that in <laughs> christmas is not allowed to be off unless it's in your contract right true true so you know i you know joe said something the other day you know and here's the thing what what we have today is an unforgiving society you cannot make a single mistake. What's a pretty big mistake, in my opinion. But I guess well, which which one? The, which right. one? What? Oh, I'm talking about Joe Joe Rogan. Yeah, and and what the mistake he made saying something about fires or something. Well, no. Well, yeah, certainly that that's one symptom of his problem, but he's he built his show based on a trust relationship with his audience about authenticity and realness and right, all that stuff. Right. And if he can't 
do that anymore, then, you know, look at what does the future look like? Is it a, you know, he can't do what he needs to do to build his audience anymore? Is that what this means? Well, what it really means is that um, podcasters have some takeaways here, have some lessons to be learned from what potentially, we'll see, we'll give it some time. And who knows, it may not, it may all kind of make it through. But on Spotify's side, they took a lot of risk in bringing him in, signing him, and maybe not fully thinking about the consequences of his content. And then... Well, I think they did because they did take down quite a few of the episodes. Well, yeah, that's... In, put him over on. Well, that's Spotify. true. Um, but that, to me, looks like an afterthought. If I'd have been Joe, I'd have said, you will take all of my content and well, put it and move it over. All these big platforms that wanted to have Joe <clears throat> with them. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard people ask about it, but, you know, exclusively on our platform or something like that. And it's like, I never thought that he would actually do it. Well, I said, he comes, someone comes around the hundred million dollars and write that kind of check, Rob, that's life changing money. Well, it is. That, that's that's retire to like some tropical island somewhere after a couple of right. years and like don't work anymore forever. Right. Now he's got staff and stuff he has to pay, but still yeah. his overhead's not no. that high. Right. And I think he was doing pretty well before. Not right. Like he was suffering. <laughs> I wish he would have hired someone to do his studio design. My God, that red cave, whatever he's in is. Oh my God. I couldn't believe what yeah. they, but you know, I think what it really boils down to then is that and I may have said that already five times is it's going to be interesting to watch because Spotify is going to have to take the good with the bad. But the question will be, is Joe going to self censor? You and I have to self censor on this show. There's stuff that we can't talk about. Yeah. So self-censoring doesn't, isn't necessarily something that loses us trust with our audience. We just can't talk about it. Number one, maybe we'll get sued. Number two, we're under NDA. Number three, it's maybe just a topic that we should leave alone. But Todd, I think that the difference is that we didn't build a reputation or a huge audience on on being a, being a very much authentic breaking the rules, right? We've always been like right. so people. People know what to expect from us, and we're we're fairly consistent. Right. Sure, right. We, we take criticism from sure people that don't agree with what we say, or or think that you know we have it all wrong. And a lot of times we do, and I'm willing to admit it. So it's just a matter of correcting and or learning something new. Or we can agree to disagree and we both continue to be friends. Not right. necessarily you and I, but people that we correspond with that we don't necessarily name names on the right. live like, stream. No one's ever asked us to take down any content no, that we've done. No, no, never. So, and I do know that you could make a case, Todd, and I, I know some attorneys in this space, Gordon Firemark is one of them that, that says that any guests you have on your podcast, you should probably get a guest agreement signed by them yeah, so we, they can we, come back after you. We've never done that. 
I've never done in the entire either. time I've been in podcasting, I've never had a guest agreement, even doing interviews at big shows. So no, maybe I that was either. maybe that was stupid. But oftentimes yep. people, what? I gotta sign what? And then it just ruins the mood. It turns into a business transaction versus a Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before, but uh podcasters are starting to charge people to be guests on their shows now. Yeah, well, if you've got that type of pull, congratulations. Well, it was something that I played around with early days um, of trying to do that, but I could never, I always thought it would compromise the, the, the conversation or the content because then it would say, if I paid to be on this show, I should be able to talk about my product and right. not talk about a bigger subject, right? That wasn't basically a commercial for whatever company I was working for. I mean, cause back, back when I was doing my radio show, I had. CEOs from like Scott Braid, or I had CEOs from from um, you know security companies, or you know big companies like Microsoft would come on the show, and I it just it just doesn't make sense to charge people to be guests under those circumstances. But some shows are trying to do it. Yep. Well. I think what we'll have to see then with this relationship that goes on is how much, you know, it looks to me like Spotify has told the employees, oh, we hear you. Now go back to work. Which we'll see how that, you will see if that continues as if Joe has any more controversial guest stuff. But that's the beauty of podcasting is that's what made his show unique. And, you know, Again, I'll go back and say it again. The We live in a society today where you and I, Joe, others, we say one, one thing wrong. And even if we apologize for that transgression, mm-hmm. we're, we're damned. There, there is no... Social justice warriors now assume if you say one thing wrong, that you are a label is applied against you. And it's very sad. We live in a society now that number one, doesn't allow people to have redemption. Number two, isn't willing to have and be able to listen to controversial people um, mm-hmm. and hear their opinions. And, you know, maybe, maybe that person that uh, let's say Joe's interviewing is the biggest bigot in the world. Maybe, right. May- maybe, maybe that person is that. And again, if it is, then wouldn't you like to hear that and know that? You know, then you can draw your conclusion on somebody. You know, because there, there are some people out there that wows me all the time. Hey, that came out of your mouth? Is right. that the way you always are? But I, I'm not necessarily one. I, let's hear the rest of the story, right? Yeah. So I'm, my perspective, though, continues to be a little bit different in this space is just because and I think you agree with me freedom of speech is free 
but what you say may end up getting you taken to court <laughs> or you might yeah, lose your job. Consequences. <laughs> yeah, you know. Freedom of speech. So, you know, and it may get you removed from a platform or something, you know. <laughs> You're free to say it. Just be ready to put on the big boy, big girl pants when it comes to the, how should we say it, the, the, the reaction and consequences to that, that free yeah. speech. And the bigger your show, the more consequences usually occur. Right. right? So <laughs> there's a direct correlation there. So, so Todd, did you see um, that Mr. Mark Cuban is going to be a keynote at the podcast movement? Yeah, virtual? I did. That was announced today. How much did they pay him? <laughs> that, that they didn't disclose. No, but, but that's, that's a big, but, that's a big fish. But that's not the first time Mark has spoken at a podcast. He actually spoke, I, I believe, at the at Blog World. Really? I believe. Wow. In the early days. Yeah, I got a chance to to, to talk to him after that. Now, event. you talk about a controversial figure. Right. Yeah, you know, Mark is not without controversy. No, not at all. And he's very right. outspoken. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's very active. He's uh, yeah. very politically active, yeah. very active in the media side. So. Yeah. But, but I do say, as far as I know, he's not a podcast. No, he's not. Um, but maybe but he's he's been involved in digital media <laughs> right. since the very early days. And he's rich. <laughs> he is that he is. Because he sold his, his broadcast dot com company to, to Yahoo for like almost six billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, he made some money. <laughs> yep. So that was that was a long time ago though that yeah. he did that. And he owns the Dallas Mavericks. So. Yep. Is it, it, but his most claim to fame is Shark, Shark Tank. Yeah. Know, recently, right? But I don't think he makes a lot of, well, he probably gets some deals and business stuff from Shark Tank, obviously, but. Yeah. Hey, Mark, oh, yeah. I'll pitch you. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I got an investment for you over here. Just give me, right. give, give me, give me 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, I have to be we careful. Such a deal. I have to be deal. careful. Those proclamations end up in my phone ringing sometimes. <laughs> you know, that I did that once and Steve Jobs' secretary called me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. It was interesting. And he basically clicked over. He says, you're on the clock. <laughs> and I had 10 minutes to explain myself without any preparation. <laughs> Got a MacBook Pro out of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess uh, <laughs> Spotify launched uh, the concept of polls. Yeah. What do you think uh, about polls? For, for listeners in their platform for, for podcasts. I'm assuming that the podcast goes in and creates a, a poll in Spotify. Yeah. And uh, say. Polls will be available on uh, on participating episodes to most Spotify lists on September 23rd. Rolls out, which is today. today. Yep. Uh, it's re they're really pandering here, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they're they're trying to do some some new things. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Don't have any complaints. I'm not exactly sure how you actually enable a poll in there. I guess you have to log into your account with them. 
as a podcaster. I I'm think assuming is how they do it. Yeah, I think that um, it. I, we had a little Slack discussion about it in the Blueberry Group, and we were basically, you know, Mackenzie sent the link over. I'd already read it in the news and kind of passed over it, and and she had, uh, you know, made a comment about him like, "Who looks at their phone while a podcast is playing?" And she basically right. said, "Well, during the beginning or the end." you'll probably look at your phone at the end of the episode. So maybe you'll see the poll at the end of the episode or be triggered by the host to say, Hey, look at your phone. Now there's a, there's a poll here from Spotify. Right. Or it, it could be done in a notification too. That but, pops up on your screen. But the question is, why would you not do that for your, if you want to run a poll, then would it not be better to do that on your own website? so you don't alienate the Android users and those that don't like Spotify. And, you know, right. if you're really going to run polls, don't you want to make that inclusive to everyone instead of making someone that's yeah, listening on Overcast to get upset because your poll is over on yeah. Spotify? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that that does make sense to try and do it across your whole audience instead of just um, just on one platform. So uh, Eileen says, Joe Rogan can pay Libsyn $5 a month to keep his RSS feed as plan B. <laughs> well, I, I don't think, Eileen, I don't think Joe was paying too much to Libsyn before. I think he was one of those grandfathered in shows. And you know something, uh, I bet you Libsyn's profit margin goes up this next quarter if you're an investor uh, with Joe Rogan <laughs> leaving and that, you know, the bandwidth going down. Uh, the Libsyn actually may sh show a, a better profit this this quarter um rick says all I, all I can say is i'm glad you said did say that. that's right because yeah. you can't say that or you'd get an sec violation but i have <laughs> i'm i'm good and what's that little disclaimer uh discussion about this cannot be used as investment advice i have no i'm not an investor i'm not an investment right. advisor right. Yeah. Anything Todd exactly. says can and can uh, should not and will not be held against me in a court of law. <laughs> um, Rick says Joe set looks like the inside of a Jeff Jeffrey's tube from Star Trek. <laughs> uh, Ryan says cancel culture works both ways. The fact that listeners only want to hear their own opinion may actually be the positive for podcasters. Find a niche and be that show that some group of listeners support because they agree with everything. Right. Well, I guess that's the success of talk radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? True. Because people don't listen to Rush or Hannity or any of those other people because they don't agree with him. <laughs> right. Exactly. People tune into what they right. what they align with. More but more these days. But a good host, though, and it, you know, people say what they, you know, okay, listen to Howard, listen to all these big name folks that have made it big in radio. If you listen to, actually, try to calm down and keep your emotions in check and and not be triggered. Right. You can actually learn something from these these real famous. Folks that do these shows because they they play devil's advocate all the time in their own shows and they mm -hmm. do it in a way that 
makes you say, I agree or I disagree or so there's some tactics they use. They think is well played for podcasters. You may hate the content. <laughs> you may want to throw up every second you're hearing it, but if you listened how they, how they portray the content and how they put it forth, so there are some huge takeaways. You know, every, I, I listened to some Stern earlier this week. I listened to his interview with, um, uh, I've got a different, she's got a different nickname. Um, uh, activists, uh, oh, what's her name? She's older in her eighties. Uh, she was in Vietnam. She did huge. What is her name? Uh, oh God. Someone's going to help me here in the, in the yeah. chat room. I, I know her nickname, but I don't want to use it on the show. Uh, what is her name? But anyway, he had an interview with her. And I'm not a big fan of her at all, but it was interesting to hear Stern ask the questions that he asked. I was just like, oh, look what he did there, how he you know, got that, put that hook in and, you know, and reeled it in. There's a lot of, like, a lot of things you can learn from these folks that are the, have these big multi-million people listening audiences. Right. We may not like them, but boy, we can learn from them and put our own spin on it. How did you hear this um, this post that I, I I read about about Pod Save America uh, helping to raise twenty two point seven million dollars yep. from two hundred fifty one thousand people yep. for the campaign against uh, Mitch McConnell? Yeah, I heard about that. So that's, the, that's 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 a lot of money to be raised from a podcast. First thing I heard about it was from, and I I really it what set me initially was is I the article was referenced was written by someone in the UK right and I really initially yeah, thought uh, Deegan, Deegan yeah from the British podcast board. so right. he was just re referring to pod save America but when I initially heard it, I said foreigners can't donate to you know it's a federal election commission violation for a foreigner to Right. to donate. And it, that was, and I, that my first reaction was, why is this from the guy in the UK talking about this? But that wasn't the case. He was just talking about what pod save America did with their American listenership to raise this right. money. So, right. my, but my first reaction was, "Whoa, what did they do there? Did they violate FCC? And they didn't, but it, you know, right. I, I, I was, I, that's the first thing I went to look for. And then I finally got the context of the article, but, uh, that's a big month. That's a big bunch of cash. Yeah. Yeah. 200. How say, much was it? I mean, if you it think was, about that, that, that kind of bodes, that says something about podcasting as you look to the future and the influence that podcasting has on politics, which has yeah. always been a big question mark, right? It's like, um, there hasn't been a lot of political advertising in podcasting. Yeah. So this, this may be, uh, be a way that we'll see more political influence in the podcast realm. It's not so much around advertising. Rick helped me out. It was Jane Fonda. So who was interviewed oh. on Stern. So Oh, okay. So so Rob, what um what was the amount that they raised? Twenty three million, right? Twenty two point seven million okay, from two hundred and fifty one thousand so, listeners. All right. So twenty uh, let me just hang on. I'm getting this let me get my calculator ready as I that's uh oh. that's two oh, what's the average donation yeah 
So do I need another zero here? Yeah, I need one more zero. 22,700,000 divided by what? How many people? 251,000. 251. Oh, so it's not going to be that big, but that is an average donation of $90. Well, that's actually pretty high. That's pretty high. Well, if you think about it, two, but 250,000 people, how many of those have ever given a donation to a political candidate before? or a PAC or something to that effect. I don't know about you, but I, I subscribe to a lot of news feeds and I am now getting inundated. Uh, every Democrat in the state of Michigan wants money. Every Republican in the state of Michigan wants money. I'm even getting calls from the Hawaii Democrats and Hawaiian Republicans. <laughs> they all want my money and I don't donate right. to, a, to a political faction. I haven't in many, many years because it just ends badly when someone you're, if you're doing business and someone says, oh, Todd, you donated to this campaign. And again, it's about, you know, you, you can't anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm on the, the website and it does have contribution rules. And, oh. and it says that the contribution rules are, I am a U.S. citizen and lawfully ad admitted permanent resident. Oh. I can also be a green card holder, I right. guess, as yeah. well. Um, says this contribution is made from my own funds, and funds are not being provided to me by another person or entity for the purpose of making this contribution. So there's a because guess it, what? You know what is your you have a maximum as an individual that you can contribute to. Well, I don't know about PAC. But right. there's a maximum. I think it's three thousand dollars is a maximum right. you can contribute to, you know, somebody's reelection campaign. Yeah. I might be wrong. I mean, there's a total of seven rules here. I mean, you can't be a registered foreign agent. You yeah. can't be a federal lobbyist. That uh, that's a registered right federal lobbyist and and contribute. Uh, and says, I am making this contribution with my own personal credit card and not with the corporation or business credit card or a, a card issued to another person. So, you do know that if you don't follow those rules, it's a $100,000 fine right. for, as you as a citizen can be charged by the FEC. Right. And yeah. go to jail for that. Yeah, you can. Right. <laughs> and people do. <laughs> <laughs> on both yeah, sides of the house. People have. <laughs> yes. yes, they do. They go to jail all the time yes. over yeah. a stupid political donation. Right? Don't give them any money. <laughs> right. It says, get Mitch or die trying. That's the headline <laughs> of the page. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, anyway, well, that's, that's as close as we're going to get to politics on this show. You know, right. what's funny about that is if you think then um, about that, I don't think there's an equivalent conservative-based show that is done anything like that. Yeah. But yet, so this really is an interesting, I don't know if it's a dichotomy, is that the right word? If you think about talk radio, truly dominated by conservative voices. Right. You know, it, it is flat out. And, you know, I, I don't even, be honest with you, because I don't listen to talk radio more, I don't know of any liberal talk hosts that are successful. There's probably some out there. I just don't know it. And, um, I would say that the pod, 
Positive America. Yeah, that's an example. That would be, right. you know, and that's what I'm saying. Right. In podcasting, you've got this right. huge uh, left weaning show, right. and then you have on radio, you've got this right leaning powerhouse. But I don't think Rush or Hannity or any of those folks have ever raised twenty three million dollars for a a pack or can't. They probably can't. Maybe they right. can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rules on that because equal airplay and all that stuff plays into radio. It doesn't in podcasting. Right. So there might be some rules in that in radio too. So I just don't know enough. Maybe a radio person can tell us. Um, because I think if you do fundraising for one party, you have to do, well, you know, it's just like you have somebody on for five minutes. You got to give equal airplay five minutes to the other person or at least get, extend the opportunity. Well, in that, podcast is part of a part of a network called crooked media right is the platform and they didn't take a penny of that that all went straight to that pack yeah. or whatever that is was it a pack or a committee or uh it didn't say specifically i would imagine it probably would add to a sort of a pack yeah i think, I think so yeah. so that's you know that's i think that's that's saying a lot of course you know we had you know, you had a highly emotional event with Ruth Gators Ginsburg dying. Right. And the immediate announcement that they were going to, you know, push the, the, her replacement through. So right. I'm not here to debate that, but that pissed a lot of people off. So it was, you know, if they had planned on doing that, if they did that in reaction to that, which I'm assuming they did, um, no one, you know, I have no doubt that that was part of the emotional thing too. People reacted mm -hmm. to that. And in, in podcasting, it's, it's not just political issues that cause people to be re emotionally reactive. You know, you and I have had stuff happen to ourselves that we've done that we've had emotional reaction to our personal lives and commentary that people have reacted pretty heavily to. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. I would say I would agree. And I, did I pronounce her name correctly? If I, did didn't i apologize i think i did um but yeah that that's that's uh so the, then now rob hey that's the question someone comes to the new media show i say hey we want you to uh do a do a political ad for candidate x well i, I believe that we got a got a donation last oh week we did we did get a, a donation from from gail yeah. Thank you, Gail. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We had one came in. Thank you for yeah. reminding me that came in. Yeah. So I guess from that perspective, you know, well, again, that's it, not maybe completely related here, but Rob, I don't think I'd be comfortable in taking a political ad on this show. No. I, I wouldn't take a political ad on my tech show either. Well, it doesn't fit with the, it doesn't fit with the content that we do. If you no. look at that show, that show is very much, a political show. I mean, a lot of the, the co-hosts, right. They're political. Oh, they're political. Worked, yeah. They worked in the white house, in the, the Obama administration. <laughs> right. So yeah. So you can right. kind of see where yeah. that, that comes from. Right. So, you know, but even in my tech show, if someone came to me, didn't matter if it was right, left down the middle, I don't think I would, boy, and you know, that money's awful. That's why the, that's why the mainstream media loves a political season. You know, I was, uh, right. I, I was tuned in to, uh, where was I going? 
I had a radio station turned on and uh, one of the few times, and it was a Battle Creek, Michigan radio station. You want to hear nasty. I, I have never heard such nasty ads. It, you don't see these nasty ads on TV. Right. This, right. These were nasty. I was shocked. And it was actually from the primary candidate. And I was like, Wow. Really? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I almost would like to record them and have them to play. They they were nasty, oh, and yeah. and Dirty I politics is is the norm now, right? And what's what's fascinating, Todd, and you raise a really interesting point. Um, I don't know that political advertising really fits with the media medium of podcast. If you think about it, you're going to piss fifty um, percent of your audience off, right? Right. I mean, just, I don't know what it is about television that it, it tends to be, maybe there's just more of a separation in perception well, between the advertising and the, the, the but, and the content. But here, the thing was, I've seen some TV ads. I'm on YouTube TV. I still get ads. If I'm watching the news or whatever. I get both Trump and Biden ads back and forth. And they're the typical run of the mill ads, right? Mm. But what I heard on essentially, and I'll just say it, it was a, it was Biden ad. I, I was floored. I was absolutely floored how dirty the ads were. And just from a, the way the messaging that went on. And I don't think that, and because that radio station and the type of music that was being played, they were definitely targeting a demographic with those ads. And I was just blown. I mean, I, I was blown away. And, um, I don't know. I'm sure there's a clearinghouse for people to be able to listen to all those types of ads that are running by both candidates. Cause I'm sure Trump is running just as much negative, nasty stuff as he is in other markets. Um, yeah. but it was, it, it kind of, and I lived in Hawaii for 25 years, Rob. We got no ads. <laughs> there was no national advertising in Hawaii. So for me, being back, hearing this stuff, it's floored me. I guess you guys maybe are used to it. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> right. I was shocked. I really, really was. But that ad would, 99% of podcasts would never run it. Would never run it. But radio, yeah. they don't have, they have the radio station. Yeah, we'll take the advertising. We'll take the money. The jock doesn't have to endorse it, so it's not like it's, you know. But right. I was I was floored. I was really really floored. But yeah, I don't think podcasting can take unless you're a political show. But then you're no, just, you're already advertising to your to the base. Why would why would a why would a Democratic candidate run an ad on that program? Hot Save right, America, just, and and you're not going to get a the counter candidate run on that program. No, either, right? no. So it, I think it really speaks to the culture of the medium. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't, just doesn't fit. play well. Right. No, it doesn't fit. It's, 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 it's interesting though. I would say that you see it on television too. So if you watch the big cable channels, I would say that some of the cable channels run competitive ads. 
Well, I see both on YouTube TV. They were both. It's, you know, and, and they're consecutive. Right. <laughs> there's but a Trump ad, runs, one 30 second know, run, and there's a Biden run the next 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Are we seeing ads for Joe Biden on Fox News? Are we seeing ads yeah. for yeah. Donald Trump on MSNBC yeah. and CNN? Yeah. I think we are. Yeah, so we, are. we are. It's a, it's an interesting <laughs> mix that happens in the, the television, right? But for some reason, it just doesn't doesn't feel right no podcast. you know there would if it, it doesn't matter which if we ran one <laughs> it didn't matter who we would get pummeled by this audience they would be like you got you know half the audience would say you've sold out yeah, you know i'm you, leaving i'm not listening to you guys anymore <laughs> and and why is that i think it's because the content is so related to the hosts yeah right? yeah and and who and whether or not the show is nonpartisan, non-political i think it's probably a little more okay if it's a political show right but but that tends to be one side or the other i mean how, how many i think there are podcasts there are that, right? that are left right? and right there's but i don't right. think there's a lot no but no. those shows Probably you could. could probably get away with it. Yeah. And it, they would have to run a balance of both if they could do it. Yeah. But, you know, I just, but for me, you know, I had this big reaction hearing this ad that I was literally shocked to hear. You know, it didn't make me turn off the radio. You know, right. so I didn't stop listening to the music that that station was playing because of the ad. Whereas if that had run on my show, you know, all of a sudden the numbers would just, you know, we'd 50% or whatever the, of the audience would be gone. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's another thing that's, you know, I heard something too. It's, um, one of, uh, on Stern, one of his staff members won't say who he's voting for. So everyone automatically thinks because he won't say it's Trump and he says he's undecided and, and, you know, Howard Stern's very publicly said he's going to, vote for Biden. This there's no, you know, we, everyone knows a, there's no, you know, he wears politics on his sleeve. So it's, you know, people understand where, where Stern's coming from. So, and, but, but doesn't mean that the audience leaves Stern because, but you know, Stern is equal opportunity basher. He bashes them both. So, but you know, they were making such a big deal of, of, uh, this one of the staff members not saying who they would vote for. So here's, you know, Rob, the biggest suicide you could do on your show is to, if you have a non-political show, is that I am voting for, why would you do that on your podcast? You know, personal yeah. voting is supposed to be this personal thing where you go in, but you know, after people listen to someone for a number of years, they probably have an inclination of how a person right. votes, but yeah, but is that really right? I mean, I mean, should you be able to say who you would vote for? Well, you can, and but you say, guess what? Freedom of speech, Rob, to, to, <laughs> to judge you. I mean, it's, it's not like you have to put out some vitriol. Right. When right. You say that, right. right. That will piss somebody off. 
but you'll piss guess, I mean, in today's age, Rob. You get. I mean, are we so sensitive now? Yes. To this topic. Yes. That even saying who you're going to vote yes. for is going to piss somebody off. Yes. Huh? Have you been on Facebook recently? No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just posing posing the question. People people are really defriending right. people for who they're voting for. I know, but but is that really right? No. Well, you know. I yeah. mean, I think we all need to kind of settle down. Here yeah, I think bit, so right? too. All right. You know, I don't care what your politics are. I care what kind of person you are. Well, more and more <laughs> those two things are aligned with each other though. <laughs> that's that's, well, the, the assumption, the, is, right? the assumption is right. Right. That's, that's right. what people, people assign who you vote for is somehow who you are. Right. And I, 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 I have good friends that are on both sides of the, the thing and right. we, you know, and they can joke with one another, you know, and talk and have a conversation. Right. right. But, you know, now. You, you're voting for who? In podcasting, right? Yes. Um, you're voting for who? Oh, I'm going to boycott you. <laughs> right. And then oh, you have the other half that, that says, oh, we're going to go support them. Huh? Yeah. I mean, have you heard that happening? Where people will boycott a show because I, the host I, says they're going to vote for? I have not heard of that specifically, but it just based, I, I'm extrapolating it from what's going on in the real world. Right. Yeah. So I would assume, but I guess I guess it depends on how kind of so, deeply emotional you are about so stuff. On my tech show, there are topics that come up that are definitely driven, like FCC stuff, FAA, that are always agendized because of politics. They took this route because they're Republican. They took this route because they were Democrat. All this stuff kind of happens. Legislation that's being introduced in the tech world, that freedom of speech, all this different stuff. So I don't come down right, left, because there's often times right. there'll be a topic. I'd be like, we need this. Yeah. I you mean, know? It's, it also gets back to a lot of the, a lot of these topics really shouldn't be politicized. Right. We shouldn't be, but they are. And, I know, and that, that's yeah. where I think we're all making mistakes. So when I talk about an issue, legislation or a rule, or you know, there's stuff that's happening right now with spectrum licensing and all kinds of stuff, and right. I will just state my opinion on, but that doesn't make me a Republican or a Democrat. That's because I'm looking at it from a mankind tech thing you know, I'm looking at right now, Muni Broadband. We talked about Elsie earlier getting fiber. Right. And SpaceX right now is trying to put up a satellite consortium, a satellite thing, and to get, they have to get their transit speeds down under a certain thing to, in order to get access to this rural broadband fund, billions of dollars. Right. And you've got AT&T now that's changing their mind and saying they want better spectrum maps because they can't get the money unless there's better coverage maps. And finding out who isn't served and who is. And so it's what we need in America is rural broadband. Right. <laughs> That's the fact. We needed it for a long time. Long time. Yeah. But what we have had is because there's been no competition, it's been AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, you know, Verizon, and then a consortium of wired companies. 
they take this money and they put in another mile. They don't put in a hundred miles. They put in a mile and get a billion dollars for that. And it's really not doing anything to help rural broadband. So from my perspective is what AT&T is now saying, and I'm getting off track here, but really it's not political, but it's still political about that money. And, um, and, and making things political draws division between people. And that's, that's, that's where the problem is. I I, believe, you know, if you, if you drive down my road, there's, you know, and if I, if I start at the beginning of where my road, I live on originates where it sends about three miles Mm -hmm. and there's probably 50 houses on that street that have no, have no high speed internet. Right. And that's just one road. But yet, because it's three miles, the density isn't high enough and Spectrum and all these other companies won't run a damn cable down that road. I offered to pay for it. I said, I'll pay the $12,000 to bring that cable two miles and two tenths to my house. Mm -hmm. And they won't do it. I'll pay for the cable. And they still won't do it. They still won't do it. I'll pay the, I, I said, I'll pay the 12 grand. And then I'm going to go down and basically talk to my neighbors and say, Hey, you know, can you chip in a hundred bucks? Right. To get probably more than that, whatever. Well, it's worth it for me to have the cable run. Right. But they won't run the cable. I was going to pay for it. So if I can't pay for broadband to be brought to my house, because what it is, is long-term upkeep, not enough nodes on that. There's some, the power, I'm a loss leader, even if I paid for the cable to be put in. Right. So, <laughs> damned if we do, damned if we don't. Yeah. Hey, Todd, before we sure. jet here, wow. the, the pod front, or is it, no, the X front happens tomorrow. Yep. I don't know if you saw that or not. It's being hosted by um, Miss Mandy at Erica Mandy is going to be hosting this and she's from the, the newsworthy podcast. Uh, it starts at 10 a.m. tomorrow. I have I, a team member I, attending or watching. I believe that's Eastern standard time, but I'm not sure it doesn't say on their website. Yeah. Um, but, um, anyway, that's happening. A bunch of presentations tomorrow. Um, it's more on the independent side. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's a group of independents that have teamed up not to have to pay that big dollar bill to be able to participate in some of the other upfronts. In the IAB upfront. And, you yeah. said it, not me. Well, no. Well, so the, you know, now the question is, that little consortium, what are they going to charge outsiders to come in and participate? <laughs> So how many upfront events are there ultimately going to be? Right? There probably could be a lot. Blueberry could start doing it. There could doing be a lot, right. And Blueberry could start doing an upfront. Yeah. yeah. There probably should be. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't appear that, uh, that they're charging. Oh, wait a minute. Well, the, they're it's, charging for attendance. No, I, but there's a group. I, you know, I, I didn't ask because we don't do upfronts, but the, you know, it, my curiosity would be is, hey, you know, Blueberry would like to participate in the upfront. How much is it going to cost me to participate? And right. they may not want our participation. I'm not saying they do or don't. Well, it's, it's, it's more speculation. For podcast. For, yeah. Anyway. Right. Those are the 
That's, that's the focus of it. And there's a new podcast network launching about every day. Yeah. Yep. Well, did we irritate you guys at the conversation today? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so they're, they're doing um, five trend sessions as well. So there's mm. a content piece to this that goes beyond just the, the 60 presenters and 15 networks that are going to be showing here at the, at this event. 60 so. presenters. Oh my. 60 total presenters. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So, yep. hey, hey, by the way, you want to talk about some of the email exchange we've had before we go? I, I, I suppose we can. Sure. So we had some feedback on transcripts versus closed caption. Yep. And, Here's just my takeaway. And I think it's following what I, at least I said on the last show, I think Rob, you agreed with me that we need to start really looking at this and figuring out solutions so that we can better serve those with disabilities. And I think we've done some initial steps. Most of us have, you know, like I think, we make available through our partner. People can get transcript. It's an 85% solution. Rob, I don't know what you guys do on your side. I think you have some partners over there that you work with. Yeah. Well, we're not officially have built into our platform, any transcription services, but certainly our podcasters use a lot of, you know, various external uh, providers. Right. So the, really the discussion is, do we just need transcripts or do we need to have closed caption? I contend that we have to ultimately have closed caption where on a player, on a website, those, as it plays or on a mobile device, they're able to, to see the, well, yeah, right. Maybe I'm wrong. And it gets back to, you know, the conversation, what, what was around, you know, closed captions is something different than transcript I, I guess our commentary on that is that yeah they're they are quite different i mm. I, I agree if you look at the ada um they're they're more of a you know display on the screen if you right. think they're around video right it's always it's kind of like real time um one of the problems with the, a lot of that those their accuracy um it depends on if they're reproduced content or live content live content tends to have a lot of a lot of inaccuracies but um but pre pre-produced pre-recorded content where you can have those trans or those closed captions edited and and really done well uh, can be a terrific experience i think the comment was is that closed captioning web players is complicated to program and i know i've i've talked about it with our engineering side and they're like going well i don't really want to go there um if if we don't have to right that would be the feedback of any engineer that looks at this dilemma because we've always tried to create fairly lightweight uh, web players, right? We're, we're concerned about page download speeds and all this kind of stuff. And, but at the end of the day, um, transcripts could be the source for those close cap. Right. They're done well on an on-demand sample. And I, I do believe that the, the listening platforms are probably going to, or the operating system platforms are going to probably the ones that are going to want to solve this also. Right. right. And I think we're seeing it a little bit on Android already, right? Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I would imagine that Apple's solution too. So maybe we, but it begs the question, Todd, is do we need, you know, I know that the big platforms are taking transcript right now, right? They're, they're creating, creating their, their own, own of all of our content, right? So this may not be a big issue going forward that we as platforms have to address, but there has been an interest in maybe adding a new RSS tag that enables us to link to a PDF file. Yeah, I think there should be two. Right. So one for a transcript, one for a closed caption qualified file. Right. So, so. some listening disabled people may want to just download the, the file and, you know, read it. Right. Yep. So that, that, that's kind of where, where we stand on that. I think what we're trying to do is follow the, the, the law. Um, it's a separate discussion, whether or not closed captions in a web player is a good experience. Which I, yeah. I think that's a whole, that's a whole different, that's a whole different discussion, but right. So, anyway it's but, but that doesn't exist largely yeah no right okay yeah. how right. at geek news is my twitter account and my twitter account uh at rob greenley and then uh, you can send me an email if you want uh, rob g at lipson.com and uh, keep your comments coming and we definitely appreciated the uh, the donation uh that uh actually uh i think it pays for about one live streaming of the show <laughs> So we, uh, it's good. It's all good. I'm, that's a very positive thing. Uh, the PayPal link is at newmediashow.com. So, uh, do appreciate that, but, um, we'll be back with you on Saturday at 12 noon, uh, for another show. Now, this is a big week for me, Rob, because I'm prepping for the podcast awards. Uh, Uh, it happens on September 30th. And, um, so Go okay. over to internationalpodcastday.com to check out the schedule for International Podcast Day because that's happening uh, a week from today. And then uh, definitely uh, go to podcastawards.com and you'll be able to see basically what we've got planned. And uh, But it uh, should be fun by all. Got Adam Curry. He's going to be showing up on International Podcast Day as well as along with mm-hmm. we have uh, several powerful women in podcasting that is going to be on the event uh, as well. So, uh, at least that's our portion of our contributions to international podcast day, international podcast day.com. So yeah. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next time here. In the Thank you. Show. Take care.